and welcome to the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast, the podcast for Seasing.com. I'm your host, R.D. Kulik, and with me here is, and I promised him just one grumpy podcast every few, so it's going to be the happy podcast. Is the happiest man I know, and that's the greatest other host. Ty, how are you today, Ty? Hi, everybody. Um, actually, I'm, I'm the one who's kind of grumpy this morning. <laughs> I didn't personally have a run-in with the police, but they were doing some ridiculous catching people speeding going over five miles an hour in my neighborhood and i might have yelled out the window don't you guys have anything better to do with your time <laughs> well there is a there's a very famous song we're going to talk about music in the second half here but from the 1980s i believe it tells the police to go do something or uh-huh. it tells you how you should feel about the police it's by a couple of fine young men that lived out in the suburbs out in southern la or something like that uh, you should look that up well, a quick side story on that, too. It's funny because I'm really into defunding the police and finding out everything I can about it. And I saw a really great tweet. I wish I could call this person, like shout this person out, but I don't remember it. But it said, essentially, you know, people who are mad at people for saying defund the police. There was never a song written called F the Firefighters. Union. <laughs> but there has been a song called F the Police. Yeah, so yeah. this isn't a new thing. This has been going on for decades, if not centuries. Oh, yeah. No, it has been. We've done a couple podcasts along the way of things we've watched or experienced during the quarantine, the pandemic. But the one thing, and it's interesting because of all the Tiger Kings or even the last dances and things like that, that everybody kind of watched together. I've really spent a lot of this time connecting with pop culture that I've missed and Uh stuff that now mine's almost all television shows, but stuff that for years people have been like, oh, have you ever watched this or have you ever seen this or you should check this out. So I've kind of made a concerted effort to, I mean, the first thing I did during the pandemic is finish up Better Call Saul just because I hadn't seen the latest episodes. But that's a show I was going to watch anyways. Yeah. Today, I want to talk about maybe some things that now, given the time, we've actually gone back to experience. And you've written about some of that stuff. And we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it. But I want the first half, because this is definitely what I've done the whole pandemic, is television. <laughs> is yeah. I've just watched a lot of television. So uh, you have one television show. I want you to tell me some uh, piece of pop culture that you have experienced now, an old piece of pop culture or older that you've experienced now because of the pandemic. I like to watch. I like sci-fi. I think you know that about me. A lot of people know that I like sci-fi stuff. And if you can throw in comedy, that's just an extra added bonus for me. And then you put Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen's name on attached to something, and I'm fully in. So I had for a couple of years in like 2016, 2017, 2018, people telling me you have to watch this show, Future Man. It's so funny. It's right up your alley. It's something you like. And I didn't watch it for numerous reasons. We didn't have Hulu for a while. You know, we still have cable TV because we're one of those families who hasn't cut the cord. We still have cable TV and we watch it and Hulu wasn't a thing. And then we got Hulu so we could watch like 30 Rock and stuff like that on there. And it was during quarantine and stuff. I was like, oh, I was scrolling through Hulu one day. I just finished watching The League, which is a show I love, but I finished watching that for like the third time. And I thought, all right, let's find something new to watch. Let's find a new show. Like you said, I watched Tiger King with everybody. I watched Love is Blind right when quarantine hit and everything. So I saw all that. And as I was scrolling through Hulu, I saw Future Man. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this show a shot. I have the time. Why not? And again, it has Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg don't direct it, but they do like produce it. And Seth Rogen is in some of it. So I was like, okay, it's got their names attached to it. It's got Eliza Coop, who I really like. She's really good on the show Happy Endings for people who may not know 
who she is. So I was like, okay, I'll give the show a chance. And during quarantine, during pandemic, I there's three seasons of the show. There's 34 total episodes. I have two episodes left as of yesterday. I've devoured this show. I think it's hilarious. Uh, Josh Hutcherson, who people will probably know from the Hunger Games movie, he plays this character. He's from Josh. Northern Kentucky. He's like from around here. Oh, oh I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he plays this character, Josh Futterman, who's like a loner. He's a janitor at this, you know, fancy scientific lab. But he's a janitor. He goes home. He plays video games. He has nothing like really going for his life. And then he beats this video game that apparently is unbeatable. And Eliza Coop and the other actor, his name is Derek, Derek um, Wilson, I want to say. He plays Wolf on the show. They come out of the screen. And, like, essentially, Josh Futterman is the savior of all the of all human life. Like, he saves all human life. And the show just goes wild from there. The first season, they kind of go back in time and trying to figure out how to stop all this stuff. And then the second season, they, they travel to the future. Haley Joel Osment has a big role in the second season. That, that's really good. And Eliza Coop plays two different characters. And now in this third and final season, they're kind of closing the book. They're closing. They're ending the whole thing. They're finishing the story off. And... It's funny. The fight scenes are done really well, choreographed really well. Josh Hutcherson, who I didn't know had it in him, is absolutely hilarious on the show. Seth Rogen plays a character named Susan, and he knocks it out of the park as he normally does. But I think what I've taken away most from the show is that Eliza Coop and Derek, again, Derek Wilson, I want to say his name, as you can correct me, but it's Wolf and Tiger are their characters' names. To see them, because they start out essentially as sewer rats, is what they are. And then to see them go back in time, go into the future and where they are now, it's so good. I can't recommend the show enough. The episodes are no longer than 30 minutes, so it's it's easy to sit down. Like I watch it while I fold laundry. It's just when I watch it and it's funny, it's silly. Don't watch it with your kids because it's definitely gory and there's bad words in it. But I've found myself kind of breezing through it. It's a show I'm glad I started watching and I will definitely watch a couple more times after this. No, you've got me sold. I mean, something interesting that you, a couple of things that you said in there. One is that how you still have cable. And a lot of what yeah. I'm watching is because we don't have cable. And I'll explain what that means in a minute. But I've we've had Netflix forever, as long as I can remember. And that's kind of my, my go-to. I'll go through Netflix and, oh, look, some kind of new show. I'll watch that. Like we watched The, the Floor is Lava. It's like, okay, oh, you know. Um, my son loves it. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, but that it's always kind of been my go to is Netflix. Well, all of our TVs are through, uh, or, or not all of them, but the TVs that we have. Well, no, actually, yes, all of them. Sorry. Uh, all 800 TVs we have. No, we have three. But <laughs> they're all connected through the Amazon Fire system. So we have a couple of different ones, which, j- just for the record, HBO Max, which I have because we have a, we're with AT and T, and if you have a certain phone plan, you have it. There's no app for HBO Max on Amazon stuff, and Amazon stuff is like the number one stuff that everybody uses, so it's a pain in the ass. But uh-huh. I just had to say that because we yeah. have to do that through our Xbox, and anyways, but everything well, else. Speaking of Seth Rogen, I've been trying to watch his movie that's on HBO Max, and I can't get it because there's no app on our roku yeah yeah it's a pain in the ass it's you can get the app on your uh xbox though so that's that's how that's how we watch that's how we watch it but anyways so when we turn our tv on we it's it's all the amazon fire stuff and obviously amazon's going to promote the hell out of their own stuff 
I always just, again, watch Netflix stuff. I never paid attention to Amazon's original programming. I never paid attention to uh, Hulu's original programming for the most mm-hmm. part. So, except Handmaiden's Tale, but everybody was talking about Handmaiden's Tale, so I had to watch that. FYI, don't watch it now because oh, it's going to watch it yet. Uh, so. I, it's very good. Don't get me wrong. I think it's very good. But my God, you, I was finishing up the second season when all of this started, and it's looking a little too familiar. And <laughs> it's, it is frightening. But, anyways. So I'm just looking for something to watch, and I'm scrolling through, and every now and then I'll find some video game documentary my son and I will sit and watch, and I'm scrolling through Amazon's original programming, and I came across the show The Boys, which is actually right now, it's a good time to talk about it because its second season is going on right now, and I knew about it. And I knew it was based on a comic book. I'd never read the comic book. I knew it was the same guys that, or the same guy that wrote the comic book Preacher. And speaking of um, Seth, uh, Seth Rogen, yeah. he... This is like an ad for Seth Rogen. Right. <laughs> and then I watched that show. If you haven't seen it, I mean, that show, that show's great in the beginning. It goes a little weird, and then it's, it ends well. But anyways, so I knew kind of the genre, so to say. And I knew this was supposed to be, like, superheroes but they're actually bad or something like that and i go you know what i'll sit down and watch it and the first five minutes of the first episode is all touching the guy and his girlfriend talking walking the streets of new york all lovey-dovey and then all of a sudden his girlfriend explodes in a ball of blood because because the guy who's like the flash guy his name's a train ran right through her i mean you see a dude get his head punched through i mean it is gory as hell <laughs> I mean, you see a dolphin get hit by a truck. Yes, it's a, I mean, oh. but it's it's extremely gory, foul, foul language. But man, I was into that show, and it the story of it and the way. I mean, I don't want to give anything away because I was genuinely surprised by the story of this show, how the superheroes are. They're they're basically movie stars they have a whole brand around them and it kind of follows the journey of two people, the guy whose girlfriend gets killed and how he wants to get revenge on these superheroes. And then this girl who becomes the newest superhero of their little group, like uh, almost think of like the Marvel universe type thing. She's the newest superhero. And the stories kind of intersect in a way that I think is done really, really well. And the show, I mean, the last 20 minutes of the last episode is just some of the most intense, crazy stuff you've ever seen and leaves on a huge cliffhanger. Part of me was like, man, why didn't I watch this when it came out a year or two ago? But the other part of me is I'm glad I watched it because of that cliffhanger because now the second season is on, so I don't have to wait quite as long <laughs> for for the payoff. But, I mean... You can get right into it. Yeah, and I, I read a lot of reviews, and some people were like, you know, it's just it's over the top. It's this. You know, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want something that's a little crazier. No, and I know I, I've been waiting to watch this show because I heard you, you talk to me about it a while back, and then I've seen commercials for it, and it seems like something that I would really like. So I've um, actively avoided spoilers and stuff because my wife wants to watch it too. So we're going to start watching that at some point soon. I believe I, I, we're, I think we're all caught up on everything else, so I think we're going to start watching it you know, fairly soon. Well, and I spoiled the first five minutes of the first That's episode okay. for you. <laughs> you already spoiled that. You already yeah. texted me about that. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now, with that, every time, like Hulu sometimes has commercials in, in their shows, like if you're watching regular TV. Netflix doesn't, obviously. Amazon usually has a commercial just at the very beginning. 
and it's always for one of their shows. So while I was watching The Boys, I kept seeing commercials for this show, Good Omen. And it's oh uh, yeah, I've heard it. I want to see that show. Yeah, and so I decided, you know, I'm going to sit down and watch it. It's got Michael Sheen and David Tennant. They play uh, Michael Sheen plays an angel. David Tennant plays a demon, and they have been on Earth since. Oh, is it Francis McDormand plays the voice of God? They nice. who kind who kind of narrates everything, and it starts at the Garden of Eden, and the two main characters. It goes all the way up to the modern day. The first episode is David Tennant is given the Antichrist, and he has to deliver it to a convent that's going to switch it out with somebody else. And then when the Antichrist turns, I think, 11, that's when the end of the world's going to happen. The first episode ends where the Antichrist turns 11, but the problem is the Michael Sheen and David Tennant have been following the wrong kid because of a mix-up. So they don't know where the Antichrist is, but they want to stop the end of the world because they like the world they yeah. they want and it goes and then it shows who the real antichrist is and there's a story of a girl who's like descendant from witches and a guy who's descended from witch hunters and the show jumps around in the different times and it's an acquired taste don't get me wrong sure. I, I think it does really well and here's me being the biggest a-hole i can be i think the parts with the kids are no good because i don't like british kid actors they just creep me out too much what <laughs> i think of like i think the only good british kid actors are the ones in the blood Oh, the, boy. <laughs> the, the Simpsons thing with the... Movie, yeah. yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, or, I mean, and so that's me being an ass. It's like, oh, so every time the kids came on screen, I'm like, oh, this sucks. I know. I, and look, it might just be me. It's uh, I'm not smart enough to get all British humor. I've never been that big into Monty Python or any of that stuff. Yeah, no, so, I, I understand that. And this has some of that absurdity in it. But uh, something I'll say for Good Omens and The Boys is the effect work is movie level. It's great. It's mm-hmm. not done cheaply. I, and I know there's also, I think my wife's watched it, there's Man in the High Castle. Is another oh, yeah, Amazon. I read the book, but I haven't seen the show. Yeah, that's, I haven't watched it yet, but that's something I kind of looked at. But if somebody asked me, they're like, you know, should I watch The Boys? I'd say, absolutely. I'm like, should I watch Good Omens? I'd be like, I enjoyed it, and I think it's interesting. <laughs> and I you know, I was raised Catholic, so I know all these weird little... Yeah. You, you know what it is? Here it is. Here's the best ex- explanation of it. It's a fancier version of the movie Dogma. Kevin okay. Smith's movie I Dogma. Like Dogma. Yeah, yeah. This is like a, a if you went to go see Dogma and then you went over to London to watch the fancy version of it. That's what Good Omens is. Okay. Well, and I like Michael Sheen, and I don't know enough about David Tennant. I know he plays Doctor Who, which is a yeah. show you watch, but I know he's a good actor. So yeah. I like both of those guys. No, and they're both great. I mean, they are really, really, really good in that show. And I, so. is, is John Hamm in that show? Or am I thinking? Yes, he is. Show? Yeah. Okay, I thought he was in that show too. He's actually he's great too. Um, uh, what's his name? Ron Swanson, right? Nick Offerman. Nick he's, Offerman. Yeah. yeah, he's there's a lot of people in the show. As I think about it, just people that show up here and there, and you're like, oh my goodness. But yeah, it, it's I not upset. It's like six episodes. Each one's around an hour. I don't. Okay. Feel, I It sounds like I'm not selling the show at all. But <laughs> no, you're selling it your way. I get what you're saying too. Like if somebody ask me like should i watch future man i'd say yeah but there's a lot of shows or even more so with me like movies like if somebody came up to me and said would you watch bill and ted face the music i'd say absolutely yeah but if somebody came up to me and said would you watch southland tales i'd say oh <laughs> it, it kept my interest for two and a half hours <laughs> yeah so i get what you're saying right. by that. the other one and this is a show i've heard about for a few years and 
I, I never watched Mad Men. I don't know if I'm ever going to. I mean, I know the basic story, and I'm sure it's great. The first couple seasons are really good, right. and I just dip out if I were you. But I know this show was out around the same time, and it's also on AMC. Basically, what I heard about it is everybody said, oh, it's just a derivative version of Mad Men. So if I'd watched Mad Men, maybe I'd think differently. But the show I'm talking about is called Halt and Catch Fire. I never knew. That's an old computer code, an old basic computer code. If you typed it in, it would cause the computer to basically break down. So number one, why the hell would you make a code like that? But whatever. Yeah. That's, that's on, on them. But the show, it's four seasons long, and each season's 10 episodes. I just started the third season yesterday. Every day I go down to ride the exercise bike, and I put on Halt and Catch Fire, and one episode gives me a good workout. And I actually, I recommended it to our parents because I think they would particularly like it because it's about, yeah, it's about the computer revolution of the 1980s. Lee Pace, who plays Ronan, the accuser, he and he was on, on that show pushing. Pace, yeah, yeah, my wife told me. yeah. He plays the main character. I know you and I talked about this too. The girl, the um, white girl from San Junipero on Black Mirror, yeah. she's in it. She's also in uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. For people who may have yeah. seen that. Then there's this other guy, and basically it's the three of them. And in the first season, it's about the personal computer revolution. How mm-hmm. IBM was the only IBM and Apple were the only ones that had personal computers. But then all of a sudden, all these other things uh, came, like uh, Gateway and Dell, and all this other stuff kind of came up. It's about that. It's about the people that built that. And it's interesting too because a lot of these shows about computers take place in Silicon Valley. This yeah. takes place in Dallas, Texas. And the second season, it jumps like a year and a half in the future or whatever. And all three of these people all hate each other now. And they're all going, I mean, uh, there's a set of them that are creating the first like online gaming system. So you go Hmm. online and it's like they discover broadband on accident. And Lee Pace is trying to trying to create trying to expand it basically and now i know the third season they've all moved out to california now they all live in san francisco and lee pace is a basically he stole it from one of the characters but he has the first uh, antivirus program the other people have taken their their system called mutiny and they they're basically doing the service themselves and the episode ends with them talking about people trying to do transactions and meeting up and they're like here i'll trade you this for this or i'll buy this from you And they said, why do people need to meet up? Can't they just do this over the internet? And they're basically inventing what becomes eBay and Amazon. So it's the show is, again, I haven't seen Mad Men, but everything I read about, they said it's just a Mad Men clone. All the characters are terrible human beings that that you just can't root for. But Lee Pace especially is the episode I just watched. He's summoning Steve Jobs doing this big, like, goofy ass presentation where he's he's godlike or something so is he wearing a black turtleneck no i i keep expecting him to (laughs) (laughs) no he's been the second season and this season he's been rocking the t-shirt and sports coat with the sports jacket like rolled up to his sleeves he's rocking that rock right now he's got a uh, comedy show to get to uh, (laughs) you know some downtown club because Mad Men, my wife and I watch Mad Men, and the first season of that show is fantastic. The second season, good too, but like I'm much more inclined to watch The Boys and Good Omens than I would be to watch Hall and Catch Fire, but I'm not 
a computer game. No, right, right. And but this I is, also you didn't you didn't really grow up in that era either. Well, and like I, but the, to say that though, it's like I don't know anything about fifties and sixties ads. Yeah, stuff, but I yeah. watched the entirety of Mad Men. So yeah, no, that's a good point. The reason we're doing this podcast though is because of the other show. I did not discover this during the quarantine because if I could have convinced made a convincing argument to my wife, I would have already watched this show. That's the Cobra Kai, the Karate Kid oh. sequel show. Now, yeah. I, I look, I'm Karate Kid, greatest love story of our time. Yeah, I mean that's um, I'm all, I'm all about that. I love. Oh man, I love 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 that movie. I've got every now and then, especially if I'm going to a government meeting or something, I'll tell the Alexa in my car to play "You're the Best." And I mean, I just get, oh, it's, uh, I remember before my son's uh, championship basketball game, I played it for him. I don't think he cared, but, uh, (laughs) so I'm, I'm all about the karate kid. And when I heard they made this show a couple of years ago, I'm like, I got to watch this, but it was on YouTube, like not YouTube TV, but like uh, some premium. Yeah, that was it. That was it. And I just, I just couldn't justify it. But everybody's like, "Oh man, this shows, this shows way better than it deserves to be." Everybody I know that watched it, Netflix acquired it, mm-hmm. and so the first two seasons are on Netflix with a third season coming, and the nice. show is produced by Ralph Macchio. And I keep saying Billy Zabka, but William Zabka, who played Johnny Lawrence, who was the guy that got kicked in the face at the end of the first Karate Kid. He was the bad guy, so to say. It follows them 30 years later. So they're middle-aged dudes. They're dudes my age. And Ralph Macchio's character, Danny LaRusso, he's got... He owns a car dealership and everything's surrounded about around like he's going to kick the competition and give you a <laughs> you get a bonsai tree whenever you buy a car. There's a whole like little backstory about his rivalry with another car dealership. But th- I'll tell you, the revelation of the show is Billy Zabka as Johnny okay. Lawrence. He is. Please call him William. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he is so damn good. He drives okay. like an 80s Firebird. He t- he's telling this kid about your music sucks. You need to listen to good music like like Guns N' Roses and Rat. I mean, he is <laughs> definitely stuck in the 1980s. And he's he's a drunk. He's down on his luck. And he fi- it's, it's like the story's the reverse karate kid. A bunch of kids are bullying this other kid. So William Zabka, Johnny Lawrence, decides to teach him the way of Cobra Kai. And and it's like this. I mean, there's a great scene where the kid beats up all of his bullies, and they're like, "What's that karate?" He's like, "No, it's Cobra Kai." I mean, this show is so damn ridiculous. <laughs> but Johnny Lawrence is he's like he needs to. The kid's like, "Oh, you need to have a website," and he's like, "Oh, what's a website?" And he's going around telling people, "Go to www. period Cobra Kai period," and then. He's the kid's like, oh, you should manage all your stuff on a computer, and he has to go buy a computer. And the guy's like, have you ever owned a computer? He's like, no, I'm not a dork. <laughs> <laughs> it is because owning a computer makes you a dork. <laughs> it is so good, and he gets some other kids that want to come in to join his dojo because they're being bullied by kids at school, and he's like, bullied? What do you mean? Or they're like cyber bullied. It's like, what's that? Yeah. Like, oh, they have a they type on their computer and they don't use their real name. He's like, what? And he calls them, you know, to quote Ben Shapiro, P-words. In my day, you didn't hide when you wanted to insult somebody. You got in their face and insulted them. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> I've told you multiple times that once I'm done with Future Man, I'm going to start this show. But to me, hearing your description, the more I think about it, it sounds like, not that Eastbound and Down was dark, but it sounds like a less dark Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that would totally be it. <laughs> it is. I, ne- yeah. I never thought of that, but that's probably one of the reasons I like it so much. I mean, the show knows it's ridiculous. I mean, it, yeah, it which does, is good. Yeah, it's not trying to be a parody. I mean, there's a great scene with Ralph Macchio's wife where he's talking about how Johnny Lawrence is still in his head, and she's like, "It was karate." She's like, <laughs> <laughs> looking at him like, "What?" And she's like. What is wrong with the two of you? So it's weird. It's the two of them are still living this 1980s movie where everybody around them is, you know, just. (laughs) They've all grown up. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, Tim. I mean, (laughs) the show is is so ridiculous. But along with the boys and good omens, it's it's the production value, though, is so well done. I mean, there's money behind this stuff. And if they have that kind of money, somebody needs to do an Emmy push for Billy Zabka because this is one of the greatest TV performances I've seen <laughs> since probably well, East Town to Town. I'm super excited to watch it when I finish Future Man. Maybe since we have a quote-unquote long weekend, even though everything feels like a long weekend now, maybe I'll start watching it this weekend. Hello all, this is RD, and I want to take a minute here just to talk to you about how you can support this great podcast, the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast, all the work we do on SeedSync.com, and especially all the hard work that Ty does bringing you the sports knowledge and the pop culture knowledge that you just so deeply want, and how you can support me bringing you all the political knowledge that you definitely do not want. We have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com and look up the Ex-Millennial Man podcast. And for just five bucks a month, guys, you are going to continue to be able to give you all this great content, give you the things that we are also craving that we know we need. And then in addition to that, we're going to be launching a Patreon-only podcast called the Ex-Millennial Man Political Report, where we're going to go through kind of more of a deep dive on my personal thoughts and other people's thoughts on what's going on politically around our country. That way we can keep the Ex-Millennial Man man as your place where you're going to go to find out all the most important things. Guys, we created this tie and I did because me being from Generation X and he being a millennial, honestly, I was tired of hearing about Citizen Kane's the greatest movie ever. It's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. But we kind of got tired of, wait, nothing since Citizen Kane can be better. I mean, come on, Back to the Future is way better to some of us. Fast and Furious movies are way better. This is a place where we can talk about that stuff and where you're going to get that, again, not opinion, true fact of what is the greatest ever when it comes to music, sports, politics, all that stuff is SeedSing.com and the Ex-Millennial Man podcast. So come on over to Patreon. Five bucks a month is all it is. And hey, if there's something more you need from that, come hit us up. Tell us. You need t-shirts? We can give you t-shirts. You need handshakes? Maybe we can give you that. But come on over to Patreon, the Ex-Millennial Man podcast, and now I'm going to get you back to the conversation. So I could have just talked about Cobra Kai and ended it because that's how awesome I think that show is. It's uh, I, And look, hey, I'm gonna start watching it. I, I, I was going to... It was going to be very difficult for me not to like it. If it, All they had yeah. to do is... Let's make a sequel to the first Karate Kid movie 30 years later, but let's let's make the main character still in the 80s. I'd be like, okay, I'm all in. I mean, it's a, you've seen it, and this obviously isn't something that is new to pop culture or something old to pop culture, but you've seen the new Bill and Ted's movie, and 
That yes. seems to be kind of a similar idea. Is one hundred percent, which I, I can't well, wait. It would be like it, you know, for you because you love a Karate Kid. Like I loathe the movie Rudy, mm-hmm. but if it were about a walk on at Michigan, it'd be my favorite movie. Oh well, yeah, time. yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. I say it, it, it's it's made for you. Yeah. And speaking of which, somebody should do like a sequel to Rudy 30 years later where he's like, hey, do you remember that one play I got in? And all these other people are like, first off, who cares? Second off, yeah. one play? Well, <laughs> apparently, ever since that movie came out from stories that I've read, that real Rudy Rudiger is like a jerk. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. he charges people for his autograph. <laughs> yeah. But you, and I, I find this interesting, you have actually branched out and you've decided, because you're big into music, you know what, I'm going to listen to different music, which I just can't do that. It is so hard for me to find new music that, it, it's rare. I take your recommendations, I listen to stuff, but God, I mean, I think the newest artist I've gotten into is either Vampire Weekend or Lana Del Rey, and they've been around for 10 years or more. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm still stuck in my old, old ways with music. But you, you've gone out and expanded your horizons. So talk about that. Yeah. So for years, and I've talked about it, but for years, not just you, but our brother Seth and our oldest brother Ross, you guys all listen to Talking Heads. You guys have all talked about them. For years, I was the type of fan who was like, I, I only like their hits. I'm only going to listen to their hits because, you know, why would I want to listen to anything else besides you know psycho killer or i don't know if heaven's a hit but it's always been a hit because you guys always played it at the house so i heard it a lot and then it didn't take you know three little brothers badgering me about this to listen to it it took adam scott and scott Ackerman doing a podcast which quick side note that the podcast they're doing now i i can't think of the full name it's like are you talking heads to my talking head i believe is what they call it but it started out as a red hot chili peppers thing and in the middle of the episode, they both were almost embarrassed to say they were fans of Red Hot Chili Peppers. And Adam Scott suggested, why don't we just talk about Talking Heads? And the podcast turned into this Talking Heads podcast. And on the first episode of it, they started playing the album. I believe it's just called 77, their, their first record. They played Love to a Building on Fire, I believe the song is called, or Love Goes to a Building on Fire. And I was listening to it and I was just like, oh, my God, this like I know this song, but I never really truly sat down and listened to it. And I thought this is this is really good. Seth, Cubby and Rod, my brothers weren't lying to me. And then I went for a run that day and I listened to 77, the whole album. And I was just like, I can't. First of all, my first thought was, I can't believe this was made in the 70s. It sounds so ahead of its time. You know, I listened to the podcast, and forgive me, I don't know the names of all the records, but they talked mm-hmm. about the second record. I believe it's called More Songs About Food and Buildings. Buildings and Food, yes. Yeah. Our Buildings and Food, and listening to the stuff, again, it just sounds so ahead of its time. So then one day, I usually go on two or three, eh, probably two long runs a week, so, you know, six miles or more. So one day on one of my long runs, because Adam Scott kept talking about it on the podcast, he kept talking about how his intro into Talking Heads was Stop Making Sense, the concert documentary, and and then subsequently the, I don't know if you want to call it the soundtrack from that or just the, the, the music from that. So I on one of my long runs, I decided, okay, I'm going to listen to Stop Making Sense. I was floored. I can remember being on that run thinking this band was so far ahead of their times, the stuff they did. with The way the show starts with David Byrne walking out, and I've seen the movie now, but David Byrne walking out with the record or with a boombox and being like, I want to play something for you. And then he goes into a, basically an acoustic version of Psycho Killer. And then the bass player comes out and they do Heaven together. 
And then the band just starts to come out and they're playing all of these songs, not all hits, not all songs I knew before, but they're playing all these songs and they have these great musicians in the band, including uh, Bernie Worrell, who's an amazing keyboardist who I've, who I've seen live myself. But I listened to Stop Making Sense and I was obsessed. I was fascinated with it. And the, you know that, that album, that, that documentary came out in 1984 and I'm listening to this music thinking, if they came out now, they would be popular. They would be better than Vampire Weekend. They would be better than bands that are in that same, because that's who they compare them to a lot as a band like Vampire Weekend. And I keep yelling on the, them on the podcast, like, no, they're better than all of these bands who are, these bands are all trying to do what Talking Heads did. And I'm kicking myself because I didn't take your guys' advice and listen to them much, much sooner. I've been, so I, you know, I listened to, to 77 and I listened to more songs about buildings and food. Did I get it right that yep, time? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, then, and then I listened to Stop Making Sense. And now I've been listening to uh, Fear of Music, the one that has heaven on it. And it has our brother Seth's favorite song, This Ain't No Party, This Ain't No Disco, This Ain't No What's I can't think of the name of that song, but it has that song on it. So, you know, I've been listening to that. And that's what I get from Talking Heads is this band was so ahead of their time and david byrne was so ahead of their time and i i almost feel like from what i've heard and i'm going to read the book that the drummer wrote about the band but david byrne was like jeff tweedy before jeff tweedy he was this magnificent genius songwriter but just a pain in the butt to work with i imagine but he's a genius and that's what i've grown to notice about his music is he's a genius songwriter he's got this weird voice but it's not a bad voice it's not like bob dylan where it's an acquired taste like i think anybody can listen to david byrne and be like oh this guy's good but the band around him and when they expanded and got bigger and got more people in there and i need to like formally apologize to you and our other brothers for not listening to them beforehand they've blown my mind with the music they make and how they made it and when they made it the timing they made it it's it's incredible well here's an old one i think they are the greatest american band they are, oh, yeah. yeah, far and away. It's, uh, okay. and like you said, there's nothing of what they do has gotten stale in my lifetime. Yeah. And I will every now and then, I'll sit there and it's, I think it's on the Amazon Prime. I'll sit there and I'll turn on Stop Making Sense and watch yeah, 20 minutes of it. My wife was out of town a couple of weeks ago and I watched it and I watched it two times. Even my son came out and he's like, what are you watching? And I, was, I told him a, a talking heads documentary. Well, and you know, one of the things having my record player, I'm trying to get these classic vinyl albums. I mean, sure. every, there's obviously everybody knows The Wall or um, yeah. well, I'm looking at Paul's Boutique right now. That's the one sitting on my record player right now. That's but, the most important Beastie Boys record. Oh, oh easily. <laughs> Which And people, if you haven't listened to it in a while, front to back, oh. it is a masterpiece. It is so good. But (laughs) obviously there's um, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. These are iconic album covers. But the one I always really wanted, and I had a search for it actually, is the album True Lies. True story, sorry. True Lies is a Schwarzenegger movie. And it's just, if you don't know the album cover, it's just a very like white and red on top and true stories, true in black and stories in white. It's just very big. Now, the yeah. album itself, and it's it's from a movie. I believe the movie was written by David Byrne, and the movie is terrible. I think it famously has John Goodman's first uh, role ever in it. But 
there's yeah. a, the biggest song that came out of that is Wild Wild Life. And I mean, this is oh, this yeah. is post Stop Making Sense. So it wasn't in that wasn't at that concert. But there's another song, kind of a weird side note or funny side note. There's another song on there called Radiohead. It's actually the song right after yeah. Wild Wild Life. That's where they got their name. That, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> they, if you listen to the song Radiohead, it sounds nothing like a Radiohead song. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just a weird it, it's one of the weirdest things that i've always thought but uh the and the other thing i was going to say is and this is on amazon the bill Hader and um god what's his name the other guy from saturday night live who is on portlandia fred armison thing i can't i love portlandia by the way too but yeah um fred armison well, documentary now yeah that's it, they have one of the episodes of documentary now and it's in their second season it's about a band called test pattern and it's exactly Fred Armisen plays the David Byrne part. And it is, look, it's only 30 minutes long. And it is an almost perfect copy of Stop Making Sense. And really? it, what's even more interesting about it is I would listen to Test Pattern music. Whoever wrote that <laughs> okay. music for that, ep- for that episode, it, it is great. It is so, so good. Yeah. A- anyways, that's what I thought of. You had a, some other music, too. You said you've been kind of... Yeah, re- no, so... In listening to Talking Heads, I'm a music snob. I've said it on here before. We've talked about it. The whole family knows I'm very, I'm a snob when it comes to music. I'm very set in my ways, like you said. But listening to Talking Heads, being, you know, in a pandemic, being on quarantine, maybe it just opened my eyes to, I started to listen to more 80s music. I was never in 80s music. I would make fun of you all the time. Now you'll probably make fun of me because I don't listen to like, Depeche Mode 80s music. Oh, that's good. What stuff. I found, <laughs> well, what I found I'm really into is the more poppies 80s music. For instance, the, the morning we we're recording this, I was driving to um, Target to pick up something and I was listening to Aha. And for those who don't know, they sing the song Take On Me, but they have a bunch of other songs that are actually really good and it's really synthy. I recently watched the Go Go's documentary on Showtime and I've gotten heavily into the go-go since then and i would have never if you asked me last year at this time will you ever listen to the go-go's i'd be like no why why would that's bubblegum pop music but it's good music and yeah you so, watch- something about the go-go's too they were the first big big that was all or first big band that was all women they all yeah. played their own instruments yeah and they all and wrote it, their own music yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and that, that's what i found out in the documentary and that's kind of what piqued my interest but like they're a good band and you, you know, you hear the song Vacation, you know, all they're like, but they have other songs that are really good. David Bowie, like all I listened to beforehand was Ziggy Stardust. But now I found myself listening to his other music, you know, just his David Bowie music I've gotten heavily involved with. So, like, I've kind of taken on the approach of I'm just going to kind of try everything. I still I tried country western. I can't do it. It's not for me. I tried jazz Still can't do it. It's not for me. (laughs) But I found myself, why was I so judgy about these songs in the 80s? They were hits for a reason. The other day, um, I was listening to a Spotify playlist that had 80 songs, and Video Killed the Radio Star came on, and we played it for my kids. I love that song. This is one I was, I don't know if you can hear my son in the background say that, but we kind of told them, like, oh, this is the first music video, and my daughter wants a music video because she's four years old. She doesn't know what those are. But I really found myself not being so judgmental and giving, like, the cars. I never listened to cars. Oh, I love the cars. Yeah, and, like, (laughs) I found that they're really, really good. Like, 
I need to stop being such a snob about stuff, kind of try and listen to it. Maybe 20 years from now when we're still recording this podcast, I'll talk about how I just discovered Taylor Swift or something because I don't listen to her music now, but I like what she has to say about the UPS or the postal service mm-hmm. and how she's like standing up for that. But found myself being less judgmental about music that I thought was too poppy to listen to. Pop music's good. Mm-hmm. It's good for a reason. I mean, it sells for a reason. People like it. But like, if you look at these bands from the 80s, and I'm sure a ton of illegal drugs are being done, but they made good. A ton of illegal drugs are being done in the 70s and 80s during SNL. And that was some of the best SNL there ever was. So this music is good. It sounds futuristic. I feel like electronic bands, especially a band like Daft Punk, listen to a lot of this stuff. And that's where they got their ideas from. So like talking heads, listening to talking heads got me into accepting and allowing eighties pop music and other eighties music to come into my life. And that's been a good thing for me. It's not just hip hop all the time. It's not just grungy blues rock music. I'm allowing myself to listen to this stuff that I never did before. And I'm glad I'm doing that. There's two types of music I'm heavy into. One would be, probably I, I guess the best way to call is alternative like i said yeah, i believe I, gonna, I, I don't know mm-hmm. I, I, would, I would almost describe vampire weekend as like art rock. yes yeah and look if if i if anybody sat me down and said you know, what's your favorite kind of music the two bands that immediately come to mind for me is uh, the talking heads and uh the smiths and okay. talk about you know problem with the smiths is morrissey's turned out to be a kind of a garbage person you, you, you gotta separate the art no you're right you're right and garbage <laughs> he's not a garbage person like michael jackson was a garbage person he's just exactly know, he's insufferable that's what it yeah, is. like I, I love james brown the the, the hardest mm-hmm. i don't like james brown the person may he rest in peace right but i go i listen i i think of you when you talk about 80s music and like i said the go-go's all due respect and i do think it's good music you're right pop music it's popular for a reason there's some one-hit wonders that came out that in the 80s that i just listened to now like really heavy synth music or um i mean there's look there's some synth music i like like uh basically anything that Giorgio Moroder did, which like, Uh uh, you know, Scarface or uh, Blade Runner, you know, that type of stuff. That's okay. But a lot of the 80s music that really relied on synth or saxophone is just cheesy and weird. (laughs) Dude, I dig it. Like the the saxophone, um, I agree with you on the saxophone. And it makes me think of that John Hamm character. He played on SNL when you do the shorts with Andy Samberg. I, I can't remember the character's name, but like Sergio or something, come in and play a sax riff. Yeah. So I get that idea of it, but the synth stuff, I really dig the synth stuff. Like, I think like, if again, done right, it works. But Well, like with, with a band like AHA, and you take the song Take On Me, that synth piano yeah. works. What? Anytime the cars do it, it works. Oh, yeah, right. And that's what I'm saying. There's some people that it's their music. It's the way it is. Yeah. Now, the other kind of music that I'm I've, I've really into, and it's so strange, is... 80s heavy metal. <laughs> and it's, that is strange. Now, look, I the the evolution of that is Guns N' Roses, and then the evolution, and which I do love, and then the evolution of that is crappy Metallica. And <laughs> much like a lot of people who like old country and Western music, but they don't like new country, that's what I think what's happened to heavy metal. But in the 1980s, and especially a band like Metallica in the 1980s, I, I'll put on ride the lightning or master of puppets uh, it, but even some of the 
people that are not as good as Metallica '80s, I still like, like Megadeth. Which you know? How can you like? How can you like any band date Mustang? Oh, I just yeah. The other day, I'm listening to some of it, and I'm like, man, this is good stuff. Or Iron Maiden, or it. And look, when I tell people that I listen to Iron Maiden and then the Smiths, they look at me like I have eight heads. But yeah, it's it's, no. But that's always been the music I like. But I'm saying that because my son is uh, he's learning drums right now. And his drum teacher is always like, what new music have you done? And so I'm trying to introduce him to some music here or there. And I've got, it's it's a band, you know, I listen to, but I just kind of forgot about him in time. But uh, one of these side, side British bands named Pulp, who I started mm-hmm. listening to their music. And they have another 80s band, the song Common People. And it's like, I, I'm respecting, I guess maybe I'm not, I'm dis- this is what I'm discovering pop culture wise. I'm respecting some of this music because I'm trying to find things that have interesting drum in them and yeah. a band, like a band like pulp. And I listen to common people and the drums, it's like a five, six minute song, but the drums constantly get bigger and bigger through the song. So that that's where I'm my music I'm looking at. I mean, what did I put on for him the other day? Because it was a simpler drum beat is uh your favorite band, MGMT, and Time to Pretend. Oh. As you say, play some Black Keys for them. That's some heavy drums. No, yeah, I have done but that, like, yeah. But see, that's the thing. Like, for me, it was always hip-hop or, uh, yeah, like, I don't know if you call it garage rock or blues rock or whatever you want to call it. That's all I listen to. And, yeah, I think the talking heads just really kind of opened me up to, you know, want to listen to different, want to discover these things that I've, pushed aside for so long and you know it's the same thing i found with listening to more modern musicians uh singers like lord and sam smith in my mind they were pop stars and like why would i listen to that and you know you actually listen to them and they sound great and i've been fortunate enough to see both of those people in concert and it's amazing and i will say like i during quarantine during pandemic everything i haven't missed live music like the last show i went to was tyler the creator so that's the last live concert i ever get to go to that's fantastic but the first time I missed live music was when I watched um, Stop Making Sense because I thought, man, it would be cool to see Talking Heads live at, at that moment in time. So that's the only time during this whole pandemic quarantine that I've missed seeing live music was when I watched Stop Making yeah. Sense. For- so uh, last thing here. We've talked about it, bounced around about it. Look, this is something I haven't discovered one way or the other because it's not because of the pandemic, but you talked about you got an Xbox, so you're playing video games. Yeah. Um, Look, I even have, I write very rarely on it, but every now and then I write this last generation gamer. I go back and discover old games, not because of the pandemic. I've done it for years. It's mostly because I'm cheap and I don't want to spend you know, $60 on a new game. I'll wait a couple of years and if it's any good. Yeah. But what you you got away from video games. I mean, yeah. hell, I think you had an ancient Xbox 360 for a long time. And then oh, now you have great. a... I still have it in my basement. Yeah, now you have the, <laughs> the new improved Xbox. So wh- what have you gotten into with that? Yeah, so my wife got me that. Because I was, you know, pandemic started, worried about football, you know, not being played. So I was like, oh... I wish I could go back and play NCAA football. And she found a way to download the old NCAA game on our old Xbox. So I was playing that. And then for our anniversary this year, she got me one of these new Xboxes. And I was like, oh, that's a good gift. You know, it'd be fun. I'll maybe noodle around with some games. I've been playing Madden on it a ton, which I never played Madden before. Like that wasn't, 
the only time I played Madden before this is when you were in college, and I know you had like a big setup on your original PlayStation mm-hmm. where you guys would play seasons. And try as I might, I try to get involved, but I never got involved. But I would play Madden on that. I have with this new Xbox, I've found since there is no college football game to be played, which is good because they need to start paying these kids yeah. for their likeness. I found myself playing a ton of Madden, like creating characters like we used to do. Can't create a team on it like we could on college football. Yeah. But you can create, like I, I created myself and I created a Simpsons character. And mo- most recently I've created my son and he's currently quarterbacking the Denver Broncos to like their third straight Super Bowl or whatever. But I forgot how much I enjoy playing that football game. Like that football game was fun for me to play. And it's something, you know, I have time like, I had, I had a lot more time in the summer when it was still quote-unquote summertime where I could go down in the afternoon and play for an hour or two and get stuff in. I, I do find myself having less time now that virtual school has started because I have to kind of be on my son all day from 8 to 3.30, my daughter from 8 to 12. But I'll find myself more so instead of sitting around and watching TV, I'll go downstairs and I'll play Xbox, I'll play Madden or my wife got me this really cool bundle. It's like the only other sports game, the only game – I've talked about it on here, but the only game that wasn't sports related that I got heavily involved with was Crash Bandicoot. And she found this game that has all three of them. Mm -hmm. So I've actually gone back and I've been replaying the original Crash Bandicoot on it. And it's it's fun because I can escape to when I was 14 years old and playing this game for the first time. And it's definitely got some not so great ways of portraying people of that culture, (laughs) but you know again putting that aside and just realizing it's a video game it's fun for me to kind of go back to that time it's weird how muscle memory works because it's like oh i remember if i go this way in this game i can get x amount of lives for crash bandicoot and it's just cool like it's been nice to have this escape for one hour two hours every every other day or every three days to go down there and play crash bandicoot and remember stuff or to go down there and play a season on Madden or play a couple games on Madden. And I will fully admit I play it on the lowest level so I can beat the hell out of everybody. Because that's That's the the only fun way to do it. Well, like there's a great line in Superbad where Michael Sarah's playing a video game. He's like, why do they make these if you can't just win every time? So that's how I feel about video games. Yeah, I play that mini Nintendo and I want to throw the (laughs) controller across the room because (laughs) you can't play for more than a minute. (laughs) (laughs) You die instantly and like, but it's been, and we do, we have a mini Super Nintendo, we have a mini Nintendo, so I've kind of been doing that stuff again. Gotten into NBA 2K20 on the, on the Switch that we have, so that's been nice. So it's just, when sports were totally stopped and not going on, it was nice to pop on NCAA football and play a game, or play NBA 2K20. And now that college football and NFL is quote-unquote barreling towards the season, which is going to be mm-hmm. rife with problems and get to have stops and starts. It'll be nice for me that I can play these video games, these football games, and go through an entire season without having to stop. And it's just been it's been a good we all need a break from reality from time to time right now because reality sucks. So it's been good for me to just kind of get away from it, play this video game and just disappear into Madden. I got the newest version of Madden today. So when school's on this afternoon, that's what I'm gonna be doing with my afternoon. And it's gonna be nice. Yeah. Rocket League. You got to yeah, play, you, you got to play. Oh. play Rocket and, and we have the whole, and that's the thing too, like not only am I playing the Xbox, but my son plays Roblox on it. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it came with a free game and that was a game. I didn't know what it was, but he knew what it was yeah. and he played it on it. So. Yeah, ours has Minecraft on it and that's. Okay, yeah. yeah. 
All right. Well, Ty, when somebody needs to find you to play you in Madden Online and they need your to connect to you, how are they going to find you? Oh, please play me on the lowest level possible <laughs> because I'm not that. I know the controls and stuff, but I'm not that great right. at the game. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Ty Kulik, T-Y-K-U-L-I-K. That's all lowercase. Same name on Facebook, same name on Instagram. You can find me. I write five days a week for the website, seedsing.com, S-E-E-D-S-I-N-G.com. I need to um, shout you out because starting today on the day we record this, since Michigan football doesn't have a season coming up for the next 10 weeks every Friday, I'm going to do a countdown of my top 10 Michigan games of all time. My Michigan fans or any Big Ten fans out there who want to hate on me, that's what I'm going to be writing about for the next 10 Fridays are my favorite Michigan games. But I do other stuff. You mentioned it. I wrote about Bill and Ted 3. I've been writing about basketball because a lot of stuff has been happening in basketball inside and outside of the bubble. So check that stuff out on Seed Sing, and then you can hear me on this podcast, the Ex Millennial Man podcast. Rate, review us, tell your friends to do that. Check out our Patreon. Also, uh, defund the police, wear a mask, and wash your hands, please. Yeah, I repeat all that. SeedSing.com, S E E D S I N G dot com, or as Johnny Lawrence would say, period com. <laughs> So <laughs> I love that he says period. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely do that. Everything else you said. And uh, I mean, God, how many names do we have to add to this? But yeah. go arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. All right. It's Black just... lives matter. Yeah, exactly. So uh, with all that being said, we thank you for your ears. Anything else that you use to listen to the Ex-Millennial Man podcast? Remember, we are here every Saturday for free, wherever you find your fine podcasting shows. And yes, Ty's going to be counting down the Michigan games. And I have finally worked on this for eight months. Finally got my entire run of the original G.I. Joe cartoon counted down, ready to go. I'm going to start. I'm going to launch it in pieces. So that's coming very, very soon. And I might rope you into doing a podcast where I just describe the plots to you of some of these shows. And <laughs> I just say people can't see me on, on camera because this is a, uh, you know, oh, yeah. audio medium. But I'm laughing this whole time <laughs> thinking of that. I think that's a great idea because I'd love to hear, hear about these plot lines. Yeah. Of G.I. Joe. That's about it. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but it is flipping gorgeous here. So oh, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm going for a run uh, as soon as school is done at three thirty. Yeah, because it is seventy degrees outside. Yeah. All right, take it easy. Have a good weekend. You too. Thanks. The Ex-Millennial Man Podcast is a production of SeedSing.com, fully owned by R.D. Kulik & Associates, LLC. Producers Ty Kulik and Ryan Kulik, adequately engineered by Ryan Kulik.